the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Teal. How's your marriage? Or how about those marriages around you? Have you heard of the Enneagram yet? This is really growing and trending among Christians and just in the world in general. And we are going to meet today, I don't want you to miss this, Beth and Jeff McCord. Beth is known as Your Enneagram Coach. You can go to her website even while I'm talking, yourenneagramcoach.com. This is a personality assessment and tool that helps us to understand one another and helps us in our marriage relationships, our work relationships. And the great thing about Beth and Jeff is they are pointing to the gospel the entire way. So you can go and Google Enneagram and you're going to find a lot of resources, but most of them are not gospel-centered as Beth and Jeff do. So you're going to want to hear this interview, you're going to want to take the assessment, and you're going to want to know this. June 27th, that's a Thursday night in Austin, Beth and Jeff are bringing Becoming Us Live an event, and it's going to be really, really important. So I can't wait. They've got a book that you'll get that doesn't release to the public until October. You'll get that book. I can't wait to get that book because I want to share it with married couples that are struggling or not struggling, just want to see their marriage thrive. So we're going to jump into it. We're going to meet Beth and Jeff McCord, your Enneagram coach.com. I am Steve Teal, and this is Very Bold Radio and Podcast. Let me say this. If you're listening on radio, we're going to go long, so you're going to want to hear the entire interview by going to the podcast. Subscribe across any platform, Very Bold Radio and Podcast to get the entire thing. So now let's jump in with Beth and Jeff McCord. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. I am so excited. I want to introduce you to Beth and Jeff McCord. Beth is your Enneagram coach, and she's my Enneagram coach. So, um, Jeff, I don't know, what what does that make you? Are you my assistant coach? What does that make you? How's this work? <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I'm not sure what it makes me except for a brother in Christ. So. Well, that I'm works. Start there. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Well, uh, I want to say welcome to Very Bold Radio. Beth, uh, what's going on today? How are you? I'm doing great. We are having a beautiful day here in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, so you can't ask for much more, right? Well, that's good. So you probably want to be outside instead of uh, spending time talking to me. So I appreciate that uh, you'd give up some time to talk uh, talk some Enneagram. 
Um, so let's yeah. yeah. So let's jump in, and I, I want to tell you, um, you know, I've got three kids. My middle daughter, they're uh, they're all grown. Uh, my middle daughter is twenty four, twenty five. I'm looking at my wife. Um, she's in her mid twenties. I should have said that. And uh, we've had many conversations about the enneagram. And as I was just beginning to get educated, then she said, "Well, here's a good place to start." And she loves you, Beth. And so she said, "Your enneagramcoach dot com." Yeah, and uh, she's up in uh, Peoria in Illinois. So she said there's some sort of maybe some of your background. Uh, You're up there uh, near Illinois or were at one point or something. I'm not sure. Some sort of connection. I don't know. But uh, That's right. I was pastoring in Bloomington Normal, Illinois, for nine years. That's a very dear place for us in Christ Church congregation there in Normal. It's a very dear family, too. Okay. All right. Now I get it. Now I got the picture. So um, she got me into that, and then we've just wound up having different conversations about the Enneagram, and it just keeps coming up. It just seems to be something that is kind of, to me, I mean, you've been in on it for a while, but just seems to be kind of blowing up. So uh, Beth or Jeff, could you all just give us some introduction? Because I know somebody's listening today, and they're like, what is the Enneagram? What are you talking (laughs) about? I have no idea. Yeah, absolutely. So the Enneagram, the word Enneagram comes from the Greek origin, ennea meaning nine, and gram meaning a diagram or a drawing of some kind. Um, and so really what we're talking about, if you look at the symbol, it's really a nine-pointed star. Okay. And each of the nine points represents the um, one of the nine basic personality types. Now, just because we have nine, because a lot of people might be thinking, well, there's got to be more than just nine. Right. Well, if you go to a paint if you go to a paint store and you're looking at the basic colors, there is a wide range of shades, and it's the same with the enneagram. There's a lot of layers to the enneagram that makes it a very complex system, which is good because we're complex people. But what we're kind of looking at, at least for the people that are beginning, is that basic type for them. So okay. the enneagram is explaining why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways, which is so important, especially in the Christian realm, because God looks at the intent of our heart, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we don't know our heart. Our heart is deceitful above all things. And so this is an amazing resource for us to go, oh, that's why I did that, whether good or bad, right? Yeah. And so we want to recognize the good in us because we reflect God and His glory, but we're on the side of heaven. So we also right. do things knowingly and unknowingly that are not good. And the Enneagram is this non-judgmental friend that just kind of says <laughs> it like it is. I like and that, so, non-judgmental friend. I love that. Yeah, I mean, they, it just lays it out there to the point <laughs> that it feels like someone read your internal diary and put it in a book. Yeah, It's that spot on. So that's good and sometimes really hard to digest. But the thing about the Enneagram is it's not there to put you down or to have shame. In fact, at your Enneagram coach, our mission statement is to use the Enneagram for people to understand themselves with astonishing clarity so they can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. So that's That's what we're about. We're not about just the Enneagram. It's just a tool to eliminate our heart condition so that we can surrender and depend on the work of Christ more fully. Right. And that's, I mean, that's fantastic because like I said, um, it seems to me like the Enneagram itself is just, man, I, I don't know wh- when it happened or or how it happened, but it's just kind of blowing up. So 
for you to be coming at it, um, obviously, <laughs> I, mean, I feel like you're an expert at it, but to come at it from that Christian perspective is just such a game changer because if somebody just Googles the Enneagram right now, I mean, a, a bunch of things are going to come up, but to have that Christian yeah. viewpoint is just amazing. Yeah, it, you know, and that's the, and a lot of people, there will be different viewpoints and where did it start? Well, what we want to recognize is that, you know, God designed us to have these beautiful personalities. If we think about the body of Christ, we're each fulfilling a different um, modality for us to live together and to really come alongside each other in unity in our diversity so that we can glorify God together. And we don't want all heart or all hands or all feet. We need the diversity. So what we recognize is that, you know, whether, you know, someone else uses the Enneagram in a different context or a different form, whether good or bad, it doesn't negate the truth that kind of holds in place of why we do what we do. And so our goal for Jeff and I has been to take the parts of it that are true yeah. and to then bring it in in line with the gospel, not that the gospel comes in line with the Enneagram, because the Enneagram is only a tool. It's just a flashlight that does, does it like it is, does what, why you do what you do. But it's the gospel that does the transformation. So at the end of the day, it's all about the gospel. Right. I love that. Okay. And real quick, just listeners and viewers, I want to let you all know, um, they are coming to Austin Two weeks from tonight, or if you're listening on radio, just to set it straight, it is June 27th. Uh, that's a Thursday. Doors are going to open at 6 p.m. It's an event 6.30 to 9.30 at Austin for the City Center. You can find all that information on com. Very exciting because this is about the Enneagram and then taking it and making better marriages is what it looks like to me. You're going to explain it better than that. But you guys have this new book, Becoming Us, Using the Enneagram to Create a Thriving Gospel-Centered Marriage. And this is crazy to me because this book does not release until, I don't know, October or some, some – it's down the road. I know that. When does it release? But then people that come to the conference get their own. I mean, that's that's cool. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> That's great. You know, the, the Becoming Us book is two things. One, it is the overflow of our marriage over the past 20 years. Uh, we were introduced to the Enneagram in 2000 while I was attending seminary, and it took several years. I didn't fully embrace it. it I, I wanted to ask you, Jeff. Way. Yeah, I wanted to ask you. So tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was in the midst of doing my seminary skimming and reading, and so I was getting <laughs> a lot of books at the time. Yeah. Um, but for Beth, it really explained some dynamics in, for herself, for our marriage, and for her parenting. And a, as you can see now, really, it was God's purpose for her is kind of a calling for her to use this tool. And then, so we began probably 2005, we started to really use it in our own marriage. We started to use it more in ministry. And so we would sit down at our kitchen table with couples and talk about the relevancy Mm. of the gospel to a couple's marriage, but we would apply it specifically to their Enneagram type. So it wasn't just forgiveness in general or conflict in general. It was, what are your particular hurdles as it relates to forgiveness, communication, conflict, family of origin? And so we worked with hundreds of couples. And so last year when we decided, hey, let's do something that 
not very many people have addressed is let's look at not individual type, but couple type and create resources, not just for individuals, but yeah. all 45 couple types of the Enneagram. And so a year later, wow. we now are about to launch a new assessment. We're launching the book <laughs> in October, live events, and then we've actually created online courses for all 45 couple types. So it's not a marriage course in general. Yeah. It's a specific marriage course for each couple type. That's, that is so cool. And thank you for doing the math because I did not know how many <laughs> marriage types there would be. <laughs> 45. We are very familiar with 45 now. Oh, my and gosh. The, uh, our team has worked tirelessly, and uh, we've been so thankful and impressed by all of our team members to help pull that off because that's over 300 videos, presentations, wow. uh, all tied specifically to each couple types. So can you give us, just give us an example, even from you guys, like how does this work um, in your own relationship? What did you discover early on that were, you know, tendencies or issues and why? Can you tell us, um, you know, your Enneagram types and just a brief overview of that for someone who's listening for the first time or hearing this for the first time? Sure. Well, you just got really personal. Now. <laughs> talk about our marriage. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, we'd love to do that. Yeah, I'll ahead, start. I'll, I'll start on the basics of the Enneagram, and then Jeff will uh, take it from there. On we call the dance and give you kind of an example of what the dance looks like between okay. two types. Now, I don't want... Our, you know, our story. Yeah, Beth, I don't want Jeff, when it comes to the personal stuff, that all of a sudden he's pretending he's got static on his line or anything. I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. yeah. off, I think I can't make the call. <laughs> exactly. That'd be, that would be hilarious. So when someone's trying to find their main Enneagram type, um, we are looking at why you do what you do. Yeah. And that is the core motivation inside you. So we have a core fear, something that we're always running away from, mm. a core desire, the thing that we're always striving to obtain, yeah. a core weakness that you could think of as your Achilles heel or the thorn in your side, the, the weakness that keeps pulling at us time and time again. And then we have a core longing. And it's the message that we've always longed to hear and still mm. long to hear. And the way we use the Enneagram from a gospel-centered approach is that Christ is the one who satisfies that core longing, though we don't sometimes realize it or acknowledge it or rest in it. And so we're trying to get it from the world, like our spouse or kids or businesses or relationships, and they just can't give it to us at the level that Christ can. And so we get disappointed and hurt Mm. and on and on. So what we are teaching through Becoming Us and our Becoming Us live event and the course is what is going on with those core motivations and how it gets ignited. So what we what's usually going to happen is, well, and I'll let Jeff explain the dance, but so yeah. often we will commit a suicide because a suicide is where I assume someone else's ah. intentions, heart motives, yeah. perspective, because I think they should see the world the way I see it, or don't they see it the way I see it? And then they do things differently, and we get all upset. Yeah. Um, and that starts the dance. So for me, as a type 9, my core motivations, my core fear is I'm the peaceful mediator, yeah. so I fear conflict, tension, discord, losing connection with people. I just want peace. So my desire is to have peace and harmony and inner stability. My core weakness is called sloth, but this isn't a physical laziness. It's more of a falling asleep to my desires 
mm. wants and passions and going along to get along with others. And then my core longing, what I long for people to tell me or to show me is that my presence matters. But as a nine, I don't that my hard wiring says, oh, I don't really matter. I'll just go along with someone else. They okay. matter more. Well, Christ actually satisfies that for me. And when my heart is aligned with the truth of the gospel, and I know that my presence matters to him because all he's done on my behalf, that to- that changes the trajectory of how I interact with others. But when I'm misaligned with that truth, meaning my heart and my mind are wandering off, even though I'm still his beloved child, that hasn't changed, yeah. but my mind has wandered, then my reactions with others are going to be totally different. And so, Jeff, why don't you tell him... Uh, or the audience, your core motivations, and they can start to see how, and then we'll explain a scenario to show how this dance works between two types. I love it. I love it. Well, I I am a type six. Okay. And so one of my core fears is to lose connection. My core fear is it's fear that life is not a safe place. Mm. And so one of my core desires is to find security in relationships. And that could be relationships with mentors. That could be relationships with friends. That could be relationships with my spouse. But if I can have resources to be able to help me to face a world where I might experience loss or disconnection, uh, security, relational security, then I I have this ongoing anxiety. And that weakness comes out, that core weakness comes out as this sense of hyper-vigilance or worst-case scenario thinking. Mm, so okay. in my mind, I have this inclination to trust my fear yeah. more than trusting the gospel. Yeah. And so my my longing for security then actually becomes the very invitation or opportunity I have to trust the truth of the gospel. Why? Because that's the formula in the Bible. Do not fear, mm. not because you're not, just don't think about fear, but do not fear because mm. I'm with you. Yeah. God is with me despite what my body, my mind, my worst case scenarios may be thinking. Mm. And so the best the story that we often tell um, happened back in uh, around 2007, 2008. Beth and I, we got married when we were 20, so we've been married probably uh, 10 years or so at that point, uh, maybe a little bit more. And I was adopted as a child. I actually grew up in Dallas. Oh, um, okay. But I, this sense of insecurity that people are going to abandon or leave me mm. has been always present. And Beth and I, our normal little dance, <laughs> that is this dynamic between us, Yeah, something happened that activated this fear in my heart that I was afraid that this argument, this is worst case scenario, it's not real, it's just happening in my head. Sure. This situation is the first indicator that we're going to end up in divorce. Yeah. It went that it can yeah. project really fast. Sure. We even without me being fully aware of what's happening. Well, when that happens inside of me, what Beth experiences is a very passionate, a very strong. I start using my mind to try to fix the situation. Okay. Beth then experiences it according to her type. So she feels the discord. She feels the conflict, and trying to figure out how to make me happy, but we're missing one another. So her tendency then is to shut down, to avoid the conflict. Yeah. So I'm pursuing 
and she's shutting down, and we're missing each other. Yeah. Well, as our, our dance early on in marriage, and I'm not thinking in some ways still is, but she then went to the bedroom. We were arguing in the kitchen. She went up to the bedroom, and rather than give her space in my anxiety, yeah. I pursued her. So we get into the same dance. She's there uh, lying on the bed trying to get away from the argument. I'm bringing greater intensity because I'm scared that she mm. may one day leave me because I can't seem to get this fixed. Mm. And so it was going to end the way that many of our arguments did in the past. I was going to leave the room and slam the door. Yeah. But I don't know why. I can only attribute it to the grace of God. But for some reason, this one moment, there was enough prompting by the Spirit that said, wait. Wow. So I didn't slam the door. I, door. I turned back to Beth, and I asked her probably the most meaningful, honest question that I've ever asked her. And I simply said, are you going to leave me? Wow. And Dang. this is where it gets fun. She, <laughs> she sits up off the bed. She's still got tears in her eyes. Mm. And she says, no, silly, I would never leave you. <laughs> wow. That helped me to realize I brought an irrational fear into our marriage that was a dynamic between us. That my fear was not, I projected that onto Beth. She'd never thought about leaving me. Right. But I bring it to it that justifies my anxiety. And so the Enneagram did several things. Number one, it gave me language to understand what's actually happening in my heart. Yeah. It gave me language to explain the dynamic between the two of us. And it highlighted exactly where I needed to believe the truth of the gospel of all that God is for me in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so it, it changed the trajectory of our marriage. Now we know. And when it's happening... We simply say, hey, there's something going on inside of me. Help me. Yeah. Help me to process what's happening and not bring it out as an accusation that she's doing something wrong or she should be doing something better to come through for me because only God can come through for me. Right. Man, so it really does point to the gospel. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so let me let me ask you, um, when you get into these situations now, like it seems like it would be tempting to say, well, you're just acting that way because you're this, because you always want peace or because <laughs> like, uh, right. is, is there ever like, how do you balance that with the empathy and the listening or whatever is needed? How does that, how does that work these days? How, what does that look like? Well, the biggest thing, you know, kind of going back to the story Jeff was just saying is yeah. we don't want to commit a suicide. And so yep. in that, I have to ask something real heard, quick. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I have to ask, did y'all make yeah. that up or I haven't heard that? No. Okay. Yeah. We heard it from our pastor <laughs> in Illinois who okay. I believe heard it from someone else. Okay. So we don't All know right. where to point it back to. <laughs> we're we're just going to give it to y'all. Right? We're going to give it to you all. So, <laughs> All right. I am so sorry. Go, go ahead, Beth. Yeah. It no, is a great no, word. No, that's great. Um, and so, with like so when Jeff, you know, when he starts to see me shut down, instantly he assumes or commits a suicide, mm. so either hurting or damaging the relationship that mm. I'm ready to leave him, which I've never thought of it. Like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't even enter my mind. And so but because he was reacting off of that assumption, now we have to realize that our personalities are hardwired. We will tend to think in a very specific way. So we don't have to put ourselves down or have shame or self-condemnation that that it arose within us. We are hardwired to think certain ways, mm. but we can stop and pause. And instead of going 
into that common pitfall, we can realize, oh, wait, yep, there's that thought, or yep, I totally know that's what I would do. But then we can humble ourselves and come to God and say, that's my thought process, and it feels absolutely real, Mm. but I know what the truth is. It doesn't feel real, but could you help me? So it's that assumicide that usually happens. And I was going to tell you that because you just asked a question. Can you remind me what the question is? Sorry, sorry. Well, (laughs) I think that the speaking to uh, using the Enneagram as a sword and a shield. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so, yeah, so we, a lot of people do this. And because they've never been told otherwise, but please, please, please do not use the Enneagram as a sword or a shield, meaning you don't ever, it's so exposing, you know, so we're so vulnerable with one another. We want, we don't want to go, you're being such a three or such a four or such a six (laughs) Um, or even anything in that realm. Because one, you might be assuming incorrectly of what their actual motive behind the even thing is, even Mm. though they're still kind of their type, maybe it's coming from a different angle than what you're assuming. And so by using it straightforward, you are attacking someone and that is only harmful for the relationship. But you also don't want to use it. And so you want to ask clarifying questions, basically, like Jeff said, are you going to leave me? Mm. Um, what is really going behind the scenes here? Because this is how I, it landed on me. But I want to give you an opportunity to explain what you really meant. Um, and so asking clarifying questions, but also don't use it as a shield. You know, I shouldn't go around saying, well, I'm a nine. Sometimes I shut down. You're just going to have to deal with it. Or yeah, yeah. I don't know myself very well, so ah, too bad. Like, that <laughs> is not helpful. And in fact, it's not what God calls us to, right? He calls us to know ourselves and to come in alignment with Him. And so we have to do our part where we surrender and depend on the Holy Spirit to work in and transform us. But in order for that to happen, we have to know ourselves. Yeah. And we have to be willing to see the good and the not so good, again, not to diminish ourselves, but to come in line with the truth of the gospel and let it set us free. Right, man, that's fantastic. Okay, so Beth, let me ask you back to that same scenario when Jeff comes in and, and says that leading up to that point with your personality type, you being type nine, what were some of the thoughts that were going through your mind with this conflict? Yeah, so as a type nine, what happens internally, and I, this is how I explain to people, is when there's any kind of tension or discord, I'm first going to try to mitigate or navigate or help or Hmm. fix, you know, in my peaceable way, kind of a mediator type way, um, or go along to get along. Now, not all of it's good and right. Some of it is, can be really healthy and and good, and some of it can go so much where I lose myself. But I'm going to try to keep the waters smooth, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But when that doesn't work, then internally, it, what it feels like for a nine is that we're a two-liter Coke, okay? And you've got the lid on it. And oh. the tension or the atmosphere feels like someone is shaking us up. Mm. And all that pressure is building up. And it feels like we're going to explode. And we're so afraid of what might come out, meaning it could be tears, it could be anger, it could be fat. I mean, all over the place. We we want to keep everything smooth, like like a lake, just mm-hmm. real calm and peaceful and serene. So that tension, that buildup feels so uncomfortable. We either will physically shut down, kind of disassociate, or we'll leave, kind of like taking that two-liter pop and putting it on the shelf to let the tension right. you know, simmer down. Um, and But then if someone keeps pushing and prodding us, you know, like Jeff was doing because he was afraid, yeah. he's trying to get an answer that everything is safe and secure and we're okay. 
But what it felt like to me was him just taking that two liter of Coke and shaking it more and more and more. And so I have mm. to go further and further away. And as you can see, that dance is just going to play it out more and more. But that's where the Holy Spirit came in and was like, hold on, let's ask a clarifying question. Now, saying mm. that, I have to now that I'm aware of this, do my own work. Meaning, once I start to feel that tension, I have to be aware enough to say, hey, I know we're, we're in conflict right now, but I got to let you know, I really just need some, some space. But mm. here's the thing that I've had to learn with Jeff is that, if I need some space to kind of calm that energy in, inside down so I can have a better conversation with him, I also need to come back and let him know, hey, I'm going to go away for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is. I need some time mm. to process. But as a nine, what Jeff pointed out to me is that I would go away, but would I really come back <laughs> and address the issue? Or would I avoid it completely? And I had to own that because mm. it's true. It's like, oh, everything feels better now. Let's not address it. Let's just move on. Well, that doesn't help him. Yeah. So I've had to learn, okay, I feel all that tension. I really need to get away right now, or I'm not sure what's going to happen. Um, let me calm down, and then we can come back and address it from a totally different angle. But then I've had to learn to actually come back and address that. And that really helps the both of us. It gives him the security and the understanding that I'm for him, but it also gives me that space so that I can actually think more clearly and be there for the both of us instead of just disassociating. And one of the things to highlight here yeah. is that it, this kind of behavior externally is common for couples. There's usually a pursuer, a withdrawer, or they're both pursuing and attacking one another, or they're both withdrawing. Interesting. What the Enneagram is helping to helping us to do is to name the why. Mm. So all types may pursue or withdraw, but it's the reason why that drives it that the Enneagram is so helpful for, and offering a language to be able to dialogue together about what's happening. But yeah. then ultimately, the reason why I think the way we deal with it is so much more helpful is because I'm not looking to Jeff to fix or satisfy the needs that I have. No, I mean, I am ultimately as a human. Right. I want that to happen. <laughs> but I recognize I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, you can't. You're a human. And though God has given you to me as a representation, as a, as a appetizer, a taste of heaven and what it looks like to be the bride, you're still human. And so I ultimately have to look at these core motivations and how Christ fixes that for me and rest securely in that first. Otherwise, I'm just going to try to get it from Jeff and demand it from him, and that never works. Right. Well, this is really, really helpful, and I, I'm excited. I want to hear about the book and the conference as well. I mean, I know we're talking about the topics related to it, and I'm just thinking back in my own life now. I've only heard about the Enneagram and you know, your Enneagram coach.com uh, very recently. But even when I was a teen years and years ago, uh, my parents, my dad was a military officer and we did a personality assessment, the, the Myers Briggs. And um, I did not know that that at the time um, that really helped them to understand me who was different, you know, in just different ways was thinking different, processing life different. And I was a good kid and they were good parents, but that really helped kind of them to understand. So I even just recently just uh, I also um, do some youth ministry work and I'm a youth pastor. I, mean, I don't just do work. I'm a youth pastor also. And um, and had a, had a, one of my students going through a hard time. And so 
I encouraged him to do um, to do your survey or your questionnaire, and we did on on your site. And then I encouraged his parents to do the same thing, just to open a, a dialogue of just understanding how we're different. Because I think as parents and watching them as a youth pastor and going through it myself, it's just so easy to you know try to put our kids in a certain box, and then they're thinking different and acting different. So it, it's really been a, I feel like a help just to to understand one another. So anyway, that's just my little parentheses of a thank you um, because I see it helping families. I see it helping, um, you know, obviously couples, which here we have the book and the conference. So um, tell us a little bit about Becoming Us, the the book and the conference. I mean, that's just two weeks from tonight in Austin. So that's really exciting for us. Um, What can you tell us about God putting that on your heart and uh, just some of the key things in the book? Yeah, so Becoming Us, as I mentioned before, is really the overflow of our heart, but also trying to give resources for anyone who's in a relationship with a different type. Although a lot of the story is about our marriage, uh, you are right in that it applies not merely to just our marriage, but all of our relationships. Anytime two people get together, there are two types that play, and they have a dance. And so Becoming Us uh, addresses not only what the Enneagram is, but it also addresses what it looks like when we are aligned with the gospel and misaligned with the gospel. It addresses family of origin, conflict, communication, and becoming our best selves together. And so... That The first half of the book is narrative and principles. The second half of the book is, is really worth the gold. Um, yeah. It is a resource guide, a quick reference guide for understanding yourself. And then there's a section on how to relate or understanding them. Yeah. And it just gives you ways to, for, to be mindful of when you're in relationships with a different type. So in addition to the book... We wanted to provide some date nights where we showed some of the basic principles and talked through what the dance looks like. And the dance is whenever we have two types together and there are specific patterns, liabilities, and strengths for every couple type. And so we talked through what it looks like to apply the gospel to the dance and to your uh, relationship. And then as a further step for those who want more coaching, we've provided the our Becoming Us course, which will be launching here soon. Um, as a matter of fact, that for those who attend events will actually get um, an opportunity to get access to the courses for their marriage relationships, is that we then the courses, Beth and I, walking each couple type through their dynamics. Uh, and so it is the course for the type six and type nine relationship to seven and two or the nine and eight. All right. Well, tell- uh, all 45 combinations. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Tell me, tell me a little bit about the seven and the two. Do you know anything off the top of your head? I'm just curious. I'm not saying my, <laughs> my wife is laughing because she's sitting here. She's not on microphone. But I think uh, she she comes out as a two, and I come out as a seven. So, uh, all right, what do you? Yeah, what do you... Yeah, right. yes. uh, so are, are you okay with what's about to happen? Because Beth is about to speak to some things that maybe not everybody knows about. But if you're okay with being public, uh, we can release it. Well, I think we lost. I think we lost you. I think we lost you. Sorry. Yeah. 
welcome. No, probably probably so not. But let's set every seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, probably yeah, probably so... not okay. But let's hear it anyway. Okay, so the dance, what the dance would look like for the type two and the seven. The type, well, let's go through the core motivations just real briefly. Yeah. The core motivations of the two, they fear being rejected, uh, not loved, worthwhile, appreciated, wanted. They're desiring to be loved, wanted, and appreciated. And their core weakness is pride. Now, this pride is that they really do know other people's feelings and their needs, and they feel that if they focus on themselves, others will see that as selfish and reject them. So they take that knowledge that they have about others, and they insert themselves confidently in other people's lives with advice and opinions and helpful resources or just help in general because they're hoping that someone will show them their core longing, which is you are one and love for simply being you. Hmm. So you don't have to earn it through giving. You're unconditionally loved. That's really hard for them to believe, so they think they have to do or help in order to get that. So that's the underlying of the two. Yeah. The type seven is they fear being trapped in emotional pain, boredom, limited, deprived, and definitely missing out on some fun. They desire to be fully satisfied, content, and happy. Now, their core weakness is gluttony. And it's not a gluttony of just food, though they love their food. It is an, <laughs> it's an insatiable desire I love to this. fill themselves up. <laughs> yeah, it's an insatiable desire to fill themselves up with stimulation, excitement, and like all the things. So for them, <laughs> life is like cotton candy, but they have this empty pit inside. And so when they go and they take that cotton candy, they're like, this is going to satisfy me. And they take it and they eat it. And they're like, well, that tasted good, but it didn't do anything. So then they feel that sense of starving again. So they go to the next thing and the next thing, but nothing is really filling themselves up. So the core uh, longing that they wish they could hear is you will be taken care of. Now, the world, they think that the whole cotton candy analogy is like, but it's not. But mm. God, Christ is the spring of living water, and you can drink as much as you want and be satiated fully. Mm. So you take those two scenarios, and yeah. this is kind of how the dance would go. Yeah. So the type two, let's say, well, we'll start with the type seven. So the type seven. Okay. <laughs> um, they, I'm laughing because my wife feel, is not on microphone. So trapped by, let's say they feel trapped by this, the type two, where um, they, the type two wants to connect and talk about all the things and what are your needs and what's going on and, and let's, you know, have this deep connection. How can I help you? Mm. And the seven's like, oh my gosh, I'm being like somehow trapped and uh, we're going into maybe some negative territory inside and I don't want to do that. So then they're going to kind of bounce out into this kind of fun atmosphere and reframe. Everything's fine. No, it's good. And the, the two might feel like, but they don't need me, and they're not appreciating my willingness to help and serve them and to be there for them. So they're going to start feeling rejected, which then they're either going to be maybe passive-aggressive or aggressive and manipulative to get the seven to see how they are supporting and helpful and kind. And then the seven's going to feel that that's even trapping them more and manipulating them and not getting them freedom. And so they want to hightail it out of there even further, which makes the two feel more rejected and around and around the dance goes. Does that sound well, familiar? The, <laughs> to add to that, though, is that the dynamic of the seven is that when they do feel caught or cornered, is that they eventually attack and become the kind of unhealthier sides of one where they can become more critical of their spouse, which mm -hmm. only reinforces to the two 
that they are not loved for what they've had to offer. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm looking to my wife, so she's not on microphone. She's, <laughs> I'm like, she's making faces, so. I mean, but they're beautiful faces, so. <laughs> and her headphones just dropped off. <laughs> and Ernesto, my producer, is laughing. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I imagine there's uh, some familiarity. I've got to, but I'm sure as I'm saying that, you're, you're, you know, if you're thinking I'm a seven, then you're like, well, of course, he's, he's dodging this or whatever, whatever the case is. Uh, I don't know. I think we'll have to, we'll have to talk, talk about it. Yeah. Chris is nodding her head. I don't know. What I do know is. Well, and, and that's what's so interesting about the Enneagram because yeah. sevens will, their core um, or their defensive mechanism is reframing. So if anything sounds possibly negative or uncomfortable, they'll either reframe it like, oh, but it's all good. I mean, aren't we doing good? I don't know if we really have that problem, you know. Yeah. Whereas in the spouse is looking at them like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Um, but it's hard for the, the seven to really go there. And that's just yeah. part of the process. Right. Um, every type is going to have their own way of navigating around what's hard for them. And that's just part of it. Yeah, that's, that's good. Well, I'm glad to hear that because my wife has just left the room. So just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I love that. Um, yeah, I, I think that reframing, that, that makes sense for me. I'm, I think I'm pretty good at that. So um, yeah, and yeah. I, I'm glad that you brought some peace back to the situation. It was, it was not volatile. <laughs> it was not volatile at all. Well, one, yeah, tell me, Jeff. One of the other things that we um, – because it, it – and this is the dynamic of the Enneagram is that without knowing you personally, there are, right. there's language that we're using that resonates maybe for your relationship. Well, one of the metaphors that we like to use for the Enneagram is that it's, the Enneagram is somewhat like the story for the comics, X-Men, or the movies. Oh, fun. Is that here were people with special gifts who were, were ashamed and shamed by their community, their family, their culture. And sent away. But mm. what Dr. Xavier did is that he taught them how to use their superpowers yeah. for the welfare of others. And so the beauty of a two and seven is that they are yes people. And so a two who has ideas about serving others and a seven who's looking for new opportunities to find joy and life by serving others yeah. becomes a very dynamic couple. And so <laughs> reframing isn't always negative. It can actually be used to be a very kind, gentle, influential role in the lives of others. Just like you said with this um, student in your youth ministry and parent, I know you may feel stuck right now, but let me reframe this in another way so that you can find the hope of the gospel. And couple that with the supportiveness of a two of coming alongside a family who's experiencing tension or difficulty with a child. Oh, man. I mean, that's just a rock star couple. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I like you guys a lot. (laughs) But I feel like anything I say, you'll be like, of course you do. Of course you do. You're a seven. You're you're enjoying all of this. (laughs) Oh man, this is this is really great stuff and seriously what this can do for couples and for families and for work relationships is just so so critical and so vital and I just keep hearing it in my church just prayers for marriages. So I want to encourage any of my people that are are tuning in or catching this later um, to go to your enneagramcoach.com, your enneagramcoach.com. 
um, do the questionnaire just like I did and just like I had this family do. Um, go ahead and do it. It's it's real simple. It's real easy, and it's really helpful. And then I really want to encourage you guys, um, June 27th, if you're in the San Antonio or Austin area, to be sure to go to the same website so that you can register for the Becoming Us um, event. It's 6.30 to 9.30. It's a date night. It's gonna. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun and insightful, and it's, it's just going to be really, um, I think, just valuable. So I just want as many couples that are able to make this um, a possibility to do it. So it's June 27th, a Thursday night, um, where we live. We're always going up to Austin. San Antonio people always go up there. And you people in Austin, it's going to be real easy for you. So um, is there anything just you know, I don't want to take more of your time when you guys are so busy. I didn't even ask at the beginning, how much time do you have? And then I just talked forever with y'all. Um, so um, is there anything just in closing you guys want to tell us about the event or about the book or just, just anything? You know, I think uh, one of the things to stay up to date on, because this summer, many of these resources we're going to be launching throughout the summer. Like right now, we're testing our new marriage assessment that speaks to some of these dynamics and even gives you a plan a yeah. safe plan to have conversations about these dynamics of your marriage. Well, the best place to do that is to go and follow us on social media, whether that's on Instagram at Your Enneagram Coach, mm. uh, Facebook, Your Enneagram Coach. You can find us everywhere. Yeah. And so, but we are rolling out all of resources on social media. Yeah. And then as these special opportunities come up, that'll be the first place. And then, if, yeah, if you take our assessment, you're on our newsletter then, and so you'll find out about all the podcasts that we're doing. And so that is, those are two great places to start. Man, it's so exciting. I'm just excited. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> no, I really, this is just so important. Beth, do you have anything you want to say uh, in closing? Yeah. You know, I just, I feel like we're, you know, the Enneagram, like you said, has kind of permeated the Christian environment, but what I'm really excited is as our book comes out and it's like, just, it's got the gospel all throughout. I yeah. think, People, we really haven't had resources to this level, bringing the, the Enneagram through a gospel-centered perspective. As we bring out all these resources, it's going to make so much more sense yeah. and be really usable for those in the church. And so I'm really excited. So everyone be looking out for that. And as you get excited about the Enneagram, just be sharing all of our resources because they don't have to do the, the work of filtering out other information. It's been done for them and the gospel's been infused inside. So that's what I'm just really excited about. I think God's just going to do really great work through the gospel as we use the Enneagram. Man, that's awesome. I cannot wait for this book. I cannot wait to share it. I am really excited. Man, this is fun. All right. Um, that is Beth and Jeff McCord, and we are grateful for what you guys are doing, what God has called you to do, and the impact that it has had already. And you cannot imagine the impact that it is going to continue to make and related to marriages and families and, and all the things. It's just uh, really phenomenal. So just thank you guys so much. You're in our prayers, and we just really appreciate it, and we're excited. So excited. You, you guys aren't going everywhere, and you're coming to Austin. I mean, that's that's pretty good for us. Yeah, well, we're so excited to be there. We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you for tuning in to another Very Bold Radio and Podcast. Really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, be sure to subscribe if you get a chance to share this with somebody else. We just want to continue to reach more people with difference makers like Beth and Jeff McCord. 
Can you see the difference that they are making and are going to make in relationships, in families, in work, in church, in marriage? This is so important. The Enneagram is it's just kind of blowing up that we take it from a Christ-centered approach, a gospel approach, and that's what Beth and Jeff have done. And don't forget, if you're in uh, San Antonio, Austin area, um, up the I-35 corridor, that they're coming June 27th to Austin for the Becoming Us Live. You'll get your your book. You'll get your workbook. It's going to be awesome. I don't think you want to miss it. And uh, just one last reminder, I mean, my ministry, our ministry is Very Bold Ministries, and I am just so grateful for the support, my Very Bold team that makes this possible. Uh, from Nelda, Diane Sutton, the Fleeners, Marshall and Nancy, Jeff and Katie, um, my, my parents, uh, Mom and Dad, Ken and Barb, uh, my sister, Kathy and Rob, and the Bowers, Kevin and Kimber, and uh, there's just so many people, Bonnie and Cody Posey, I, I just, there's just so many people, I just want to thank them all, so, but I would love for you to be a part of the Very Bold team too, so email me, steve at verybold.com, steve at verybold.com. God might be calling you to help us to reach more people for Jesus. But whatever you're doing and whatever you've got going on, I want to encourage you and challenge you to be very bold. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.